Have you noticed a difference in your pupil or children's behaviour since the pandemic? If so, you're not alone. The Alos for Life Schools programme is a primary school wellbeing programme which teaches kids from third to sixth class the tools to manage their own minds at a very young age. Something I'm sure we all could have done with when we were in school. It's a free programme for schools to use and it's Alos for Life's mission to reach every child in Ireland with it. The programme is designed to equip children with the tools and skills to navigate the ups and downs of life by building emotional resilience, emotional literacy and emotional awareness. All you need is a screen, audio speakers and an internet connection. For more information on the Alust for Life Schools programme, you can visit the Alust for Life website or email the team directly at alflschools at alustforlife.com. If you would like to provide future generations in Ireland with the resources to be effective guardians of their own minds, then the Alust for Life Schools programme is for you. And welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. Hello, Diagwitch, Bonjour, Nihao, Konnichiwa, Guten Tag, and Privyat to you all, wherever you're listening in. What started as a message to 10 clubs has now expanded to more than 50 clubs globally from all continents. The journey through Loaf 2 GA Global continues this week as we move on to our next destination, the GA World. So come with me on the GA journey of a lifetime and meet clubs from Canada to Argentina, South Africa to Gibraltar, Bermuda to the North Pole, New Zealand to Kuwait, Knoxville to Qatar and literally everywhere in between. So grab the passports, grab the bags, it's time to go. On Slice 51, it's the turn of Orang Era GA in Malaysia. I chat to Nafina man, Kean from Dublin, Belmullet's finest Pat, and Toronto native Jen, who's married to Pat, to find out about life in KL. We chat the club name, working with Guinness, rivalries at Thailand, Vietnam, Singapore, Joe Buru and others, teachers flying to Tokyo from school for a weekend on an 8 hour flight, the 10th anniversary in Clifton GA, 12 pubs recruitment, Pat's incentive for training the ladies, Parish Cup, Youth vs Legends debates, playing against Sligar Rovers, Ultimate Frisbee, playing in the streets at 1am and two amazing stories involving the unknown Nigeria GA and tourism in Ballymore County Westmeath. A not to be missed episode here. But first as always, let's head across to Malaysia from Singapore and find out all about the other part of the Malaysian Peninsula. Bon Sultas. Welcome back to the southeast of Asia and the country of Malaysia, which is situated on the Malaysia Peninsula and also across the water on the Borneo section known as East Malaysia. It is still to this date the strangest flight I've ever taken in my life, as we landed in Singapore on the biggest plane in the world, the A380, for about an hour and took off again to fly to Malaysia, which is all of 40 minutes away. There were only about 20 people left on the plane. About 50% of the country is of Malay descent, with the rest being a mixture of many nations. The country is Islamic by religion, but has freedom for all religions and adopts the common judicial laws. The original name of Malaysia comes from the Melayu word, which has many theories of meaning. Among these, the fact it could be linked to Himalaya. 
It was around the 15th century that the Islamic beginnings of the Malacca region started out, and the name Malayu became mixed with the local name Melakan, the Muslim traders. The area at this time was part of the Sumatra region. When the Europeans arrived, they did the standard thing for the time. They rounded up all the locals and grouped them completely racially and called them the Malay race. It was French Imam Jules Derville who decided that people should be regrouped, not much better to be honest, and thus created the Malaysia, Micronesia and Melanesia areas. Further explorers and writers brought in the idea of Indonesia. Given that the original settlers on the land go back more than 38,000 years, it's a bit rich of the lads to rock up and do that, but such is history, particularly in Asia and when the Europeans are involved. Malacca would go on to be taken over by Portugal and then the Dutch and then the British. 202 years ago, the British took the town of Singapore too and brought in their own rulers as you would have heard in the last episode. During World War II, the Japanese took control of much of the area including Singapore, North Borneo and Sarawak. During World War II, the Japanese took control of much of the area including Singapore, North Borneo and Sarawak. Afterwards, the Malay Communist Party took control before Malaya became an independent member of the Commonwealth in 1957. But racial tensions continued to be alive and boiled over in the 13th of May race riots of 1969. Amazingly, the resulting policies from the riots actually helped to prosper the lands and Malaysia saw a boom time that they had never seen before. The famed Petronas Towers, once the tallest building in the world, were among the projects and stand today as a symbol of the growth of the amazing country. Of course, things happened which caused some issues such as the 1990s financial crisis and the 1MDB scandal, which is considered the biggest insider fraud case in the world by many. Malaysia today has three territories and 13 states, including the beautiful Sabah and my own favourite Sarawak. In Kuala Lumpur, the Petronas Towers are something else and its amazing sky bridge on the 41st and 42nd floors. They're lovely from the ground, there's not a hope in hell that I'll ever go up that far. And what about Malaysian food? Nasi lemak, nasi kandar and mee goreng to name a few. But then, outside the city life, is the beauty of the 99 islands and the likes of Langkawai with rainforests and beaches. You can also find the UNESCO site of Malacca or the Gunung Mulu National Park with the insane looking Mount Mulu. And of course the famous Batu Caves complete with golden statue of Lord Murugan. Or go explore the Genting Highlands. One for you to see definitely is Gomantong Cave, a massive cave with bats in the roof, millions of cockroaches all around your feet and the odd rat here and there too. But trust me, it's unbelievable. Not long before I was there, a certain David Attenborough had just visited. But above all those, on a personal level, I have to say that getting to the Sepilok Orangutan Rehabilitation Centre in Sabah was a highlight of a lifetime. And then getting the privilege of staying in the jungle area and to have the fortune to see a mother and baby orangutan in the trees was absolutely incredible. Genuinely it is a savage country and somewhere I would happily go back to again and again. In terms of famous names, many of them may not be too familiar. Lee Chong Wei is a badminton player and three-time Olympian who held the world number one spot for almost 10 consecutive years. Actress Michelle Yao has appeared in James Bond's Tomorrow Never Dies. Former Cardiff owner Vincent Tan, Air Asia owner and QPR owner Tony Fernandez and army leader Arthur Percival. Perhaps the best known name of all the Malaysian list is that of Jimmy Choo, the man behind the shoe. Malaysia's most watched and played sports include soccer, hockey, rugby, volleyball, handball, basketball and MMA. Orang era GA in Kuala Lumpur began in 2007 and have gone on to taste success in both the men's and women's games locally and on the Asian Gaelic games levels. 
Orang is the Malay word for people, by the way, as you find out soon enough anyway. So let's head over to Kian, Pat and Jen and find out all about life at Orang Era GEA in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. How's it going? Kian, how are things? How are you, Jason? You are? I'm alright, Jen. How's all out in Malaysia? Yeah, it's good. It's good at the moment. Everything's kind of everything's open, so can't complain too much. Um, weather is a bit shite at the moment, but it's the monsoon season. So, um, but aside from that, it's good. We can travel around. We can play sport. Pubs are open. Um, I had a tough few months of it there in the in the summer, but overall, it's all right. Uh, about yourself, where, where are you? You're based in Mullingar, is it? Yeah, Mullingar. Yes, um, teach in Chapel Lizard in Dublin. But uh, ah, I live in Mullingar, so you, you're a dub, obviously, are you? I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, uh, yeah, my thoughts and prayers are with you teaching in Chapel, is <laughs> <laughs> I love it up there. It's great. Whereabouts in Dublin are you from? Uh, Marino. Oh, yeah, I went to college there, yeah. Uh, which Marino College, was it? Or? Uh, Colossal were on Griffith Avenue there, the teacher training. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah so very, good, very good, very good. I'm familiar enough with it then. Yeah, Griffith Avenue and all that area know, know fairly well. So, what uh, what dragged you out to Malaysia? Uh, Guinness, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, I worked for worked for Guinness in St James's Gate uh, oh, right. since I was eight since since I was eighteen, um, and just yeah, the job brought me over here. So uh, that three month contract turned into a, a three year contract. So, <laughs> it's a standard, standard story. Yeah, Jen, yeah, you? that's it. Yeah. Hey guys, how are you? Not so bad. Where about you from, Jen? Um, Canada. Canada, very good. What part? Uh, about an hour outside of Toronto. Waterloo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been to the west. Been to a lot of the west. I've not been really eastern at all. Uh, yeah, west is yeah. sort of the the yeah. There's a bit of the nicer part of Canada, I think. <laughs> yeah. What what tried you to Malaysia? How did you end up there? Uh, teaching. So I came up for, as everybody does, came up for one or two years and then uh, stayed for 13. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Are you primary school or secondary school? Uh, middle school. So like I, oh, yeah. I'm in the American system. So it's like a kind of 11 to 14 year olds. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Teaching, MP, teaching MPE. So it's good. Nice. You're kind of the same as, uh, same as me. I teach like the older primary school ones. So it's, um, it's kind of the same age group, maybe 10 to 12. So it's kind of. Oh, like, yeah. Not too dissimilar yet. And what do you teach? Uh, in Ireland, if you teach primary school, you teach everything. So, <laughs> yeah, if I, I don't know how many subjects there are. There's, there's enough anyway to keep you going forever. So, yeah. It's, uh, and where, it's, uh, where are you right now? I'm in, uh, I'm in the middle of Ireland in uh, a beautiful town called Mullingar. Uh, oh, Mullingar. Yeah. Are you familiar with it? I think. But have we been there? Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone by the job will know where it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> where is that? There, maybe I can't remember. It sounds familiar. Uh, so, Mullingar is this place which uh, Pat and Kimolo is outside the pale. So, the pale is part of the world that most dubs just live inside and never come out of. Uh, <laughs> and Mullingar is just it's a nice part located outside that. So, yeah, I know Kiel, Kiel will know where it is at some stage. Like, we have to, uh, we have to, we have to bypass it on, we have to go through it on the way, uh, or bypass it now, I suppose, on the way, on the way home. Every, uh, where's, every where's home, Pat? Whereabouts? Sounds uh, called Mayo or, yeah, Mayo. Oh, yeah, not too bad. You're, uh, are you still reeling from missed opportunities? 
Ah, no, always. You get a good reminder every on a, on a weekly basis as well. I've got to say, yeah, you're in the wrong crowd out there. Yeah. There, though. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, 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 I wouldn't have signed up to it if I, if I had known KL was full of so many Mayo men. It's, it's, uh, it's extraordinary, it really is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've had a few clubs that have been uh, littered with Mayo people, I suppose. Uh, you won't be the first one. Pat, you look like you're out by the airport or something, are you? No, I'm in the office, actually. I'm, I'm still in the office. Uh... All right. The behind part looks like looks like an airport for some reason. Maybe it's just the way I'm looking at it. But uh, no, our, you... our factory. So our, our factory uh, is a uh, window looking at it on the factory. And what brought you out to Malaysia? Then was it work? Uh, yeah, I came out. I, I'm out here for a while. I, I um, came out 21 years ago. Um, supposed <laughs> That's to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it was it was an opportunity. We say to come for a year. There was no big commitments. Um, I was young and single and gave it a go for a year and then kept kept extending it for a year and then forgot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like uh, sounds like a lot of people's stories. I went out for I went out for a pint in the country on holidays and fifty years later I'm still there, still playing football with them. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I've heard that story one, a few times, right? Yeah. The one that I get a great kick out of is the boys that went out to watch the, the World Cup in Korea and Japan and never left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that was that was a story with a few of them, right? Yeah, I, I heard that story. That was that was a good one, all right. Um, they stayed longer than Roy Keane. That was my kind of tagline for them. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Spot um, on. yeah. Uh, Key, I have to ask as well because uh, most, I'd say, all the clubs they've gone so far, most of them are just like you know Singapore Lions or their Gales or Shamrocks. But you guys have quite a, a unique name for the club. In am I right? Orang era is that how you're pronouncing it? Yeah, Orang Ar- Ar- so yeah, quite quite unique. But um Orang in, in Bahasa Malaysia is is people. Um and then obviously era is, is Irish, so um Irish people. Um but yeah, it's quite unique because you got you go around the world and it's you know Singapore or Thailand or whatever, and people look at Orang Era or OE as we call ourselves and usually gets a few heads turned all right. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I, I presume I was looking at it called some two of the orangutans. Um have wandered yeah. around that part of the world a fair bit myself and gone to the orangutans. So it's kind of like there's definitely something in that. You do, you obviously get a lot of publicity for it. I'd say we do. The other, the other thing we get though is a lot of mistakes made with it, and, and uh, I'd say thirty percent of the time we're called Orange Era. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. just we're just going for the ginger Irish look. Is that it? <laughs> Yeah, Orange Era, and we're, and we're trying to save the orangutans in, in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, yeah sounds, uh, sounds about right. Uh, what are your roles um, at the club, Pat? What's your role in the club at the moment? Uh, so I'm chairman of the club again uh, for the second time. Um, when we started the club back in 2007, um, I went in as chairman, and um, at that time, I suppose, the club was small, so we were... Um, I did chairman for, for four years and then we were coaching the kids, ladies, men, um, and I had a belly full of it by 2011. So I decided to, to step back and uh, give it give it a break for a while. And then uh, we organized the Asian Gaelic Games in 12, 13, 14. So I'd set up a separate committee to do that. Um, and then in 2019, um, we hosted Asian Gaelic Games again. So. I sort of went back in because I had done it before for the three years. Uh, I went back in as chairman for the club, so we may be doing it again this year. We're still we're still not sure, and uh, after that, I think it'll be time to step back and give uh, give the younger boys a, a go a go at it again. 
fair enough. Yeah, until the, uh, the next AGG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what what kind of numbers are you talking at the club at the moment? Uh, at the moment, probably we have about uh, you know on, on a good day, I suppose 80, 85. Okay. Uh, you know, we get to, sometimes I guess up to 30, 35, 40 to push men, um, and then the ladies are regularly having probably 35 to 40 out at training. Um, okay. We have about 30 kids at the moment, um, but we see that that'll increase, I think, fairly quickly again. We had about 40 um, until COVID, and then like with COVID, yeah. we were shut down and we were stopping and starting, and you know, people, I suppose, had different uh, opinions of when they should send their kid back to play sport and all that. So we dropped down and we were probably only operating at about 20, sort of... 15 to 20, uh, probably more closer to 20. And, and now it's gone back up the last few weeks again, it's gone back up to, to probably about 30 again. And we expect to get that up to probably 45 or 50 in the next couple of months, probably at the start of next year. Mm. That's pretty good because um, a lot of clubs still in the stage of trying to work out how to get the kids involved in the club, whereas you're fairly kind of advanced in it, I suppose. It sounds quite sounds quite promising. Yeah, it is. It is quite promising, and I guess there's a lot of other sports that hasn't opened up here, so that's probably helping. You know, that the, mm-hmm. the word on the street is that get your kid out to Gaelic football because <laughs> that's the that's well, one the, the only thing that's opened, and and it's it's you know it's a good sport, I suppose, in getting kids ready for for any kind of sport. You know, if you play a bit of Gaelic, you can always move to soccer, rugby, basketball, yeah. whatever whatever the sport you, you're getting you're getting the kids uh, ready. Um, for, for other sports, I suppose, as well, depending on when they're in school. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also probably one of the youngest ones that uh, we take kids the youngest. So, um, like, we're, we're four, we take the kids in at four years old. So, um, oh. it's pretty young here. Most other sports, I guess, are five, five or six yeah. years old here. Okay, that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, what about the ladies' side then, Jen? Uh, you've obviously got decent numbers. Yeah, so we've actually, it sort of dipped um, and sort of ebbed and flow over the years. But um, after this last reopening in Malaysia, we've just, we've probably had some of the highest numbers that we've had ever. Um, And I think a lot of that is, um, we have a lot of teachers, like almost everybody is teachers. And so as the start of the school year started in August or September, new teachers had just come in and they were desperate to do anything. So everyone's just bringing their colleagues out and we're getting... Like we're easily getting kind of 35 signed up with about 25, 30 showing up um, every week and super keen. And I think it's one of those things like we've, we've never traditionally got many Irish girls. Like I could probably count what, maybe 10 over the last 10 years. Okay, like, wow. <laughs> you know, we're 10, like, and even less of those have even played. So for, for the most part, we, we haven't really had many. Uh, women coming in who've actually played the sport so we sort of sell it as the sport that the greatest sport that no one's ever heard of that yeah. they every everyone can pick up on you can relate it to any sport that you've played before um and the the atmosphere is really good especially since it's it's connected with the men's side so a lot of people are coming in couples and so they're arriving at the pitch together going for a drink after it makes for a really nice night so it's a little bit different than some of those other clubs that are just netball and or maybe are really competitive and make you try out it's sort of like we've had every range of player and uh, pretty much everybody is welcome so um, we're really used to having new people coming in all the time and, and reteaching them and teaching them the sport so no it's it's really good in that sense and I think it, it makes a, a really welcoming atmosphere in that sense. 
That's cool, yeah. And what kind of key, what kind of nationalities and counties have you got represented over there? Yeah, we actually we did a count a couple uh, for the ladies' side. The men's side would definitely be more predominantly Irish, but in oh, the right. ladies' side, we had like a, a, a count, like was it a couple of years ago, Pat? And it was something like 21 nationalities over the last 10 years, like, like Trinidad and Tobago, New Zealand, China. Like we just had people from literally everywhere. And um, yeah, it was awesome. And again, it's just like the smallest proportion generally are Irish girls. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone loves the sport and they pick it up and then you just drag everybody else out. So yeah, yeah it's been it's been awesome. It's been so good. That sounds good, yes. Are you keying exclusively football or are you dual code or no, we're ex- exclusively football. I think when you have a, a Dublin and a Mayo man at the helm, you're not gonna get much uh <laughs> much hurling enthusiasm there, let's be honest. But um no, like we we have a good few, you know, Irish guys as well, but you know, our the men's side as well as would be, you know, Irish, English mainly, um, Australian, Canadian, um, and a couple of locals then as well. Um, one Mexican at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, we, we, we've managed to keep the numbers up, which is great because with, with COVID out here, um, especially for the men's team, we lost, uh, lost a lot of players during the summer, just people getting sick of it and going home. Um, but we managed to recruit um, a good few more. And again, as Jen said, it's just the club is just accessible. Um, I think we do most of our recruitment on on nights out, not really on, on social media or anything. Yeah. We've we've a great story from not last Christmas, but the last Christmas pre-COVID, and we done a twelve pubs at Christmas, and we managed to recruit four or five, six lads <laughs> just just by going from pub to pub in a gang. People come in saying, "What are you guys up to?" It's like, "Yeah, we're a at a football club. Okay, you look look like fun and." And away you go. So, um, yeah, like we, you know, obviously, you know, the the sport is great and training is competitive. And, you know, we um, we do a lot of inter-club games and we have our, our big grudge game against our Australian counterparts on, on Saturday. Um, oh, nice. But like, it, it, it's, it's all about fun and, and people keep coming back because, you know, we'll go for a beer after training. We organize fun nights out. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's what keeps the, the numbers in the club, you know, as high as possible. Yeah. And the key question, I suppose, is how many Westmead people are in the club? <laughs> have you ever had any pad have we <laughs> uh, I'd have to think about that one a bit harder <laughs> yeah we've got, we've, got, we've we've Dublin Mayo Limerick you're a Tipperary lad in there as well um, yeah, we don't care about a lot of them yeah so Westmead people have obviously made no impact in in Kuala Lumpur that's uh, that's good to know so uh, you, you have here. I know yeah I almost set out again uh, I've been out there a few times right? I must head out again so you uh you've a few rivals around you, I suppose. Um the likeliest I'm guessing being in terms of uh, other clubs been Singapore. But am I right in saying is there clubs in like um Joe or Baru and all these other places? Have you had a bit of a, a better better rivalry? Some countries are kind of stuck on their own. You guys seem to have a few around you. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think our, our our rivals have been typically, I suppose, Singapore. Um you know, our, our surrounding clubs, I suppose, have been the Thai GA, Johor, Jakarta, um, Vietnam, and, and Singapore. Um, a bit like, a bit like any rivals, I suppose. When you pick one that you don't like, and then um, they become your your biggest rivals, and, and you make friends with the rest. Um, yeah. So. Uh, but yet, yourself a key in here on the same call. That's kind of funny, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, but we had to separate. Like we could, we, we yeah, couldn't go. Yeah, <laughs> There's terms and conditions, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, our uh, our Singapore as good as they are made out to be because uh, I've had quite a number of clubs on, and they've pretty much in Asia, especially, they've all kind of said, "Oh, the Lions, we hate them. They're too good." Blah blah blah. Is it 
same for you or are you happy enough to beat the heads off them uh, they're, they're good they're, they're a younger crowd i think they're, they're different crowd. they're a different type of club i think right okay. like yeah, 100%, they get, yeah. they've always had huge numbers of young men and women and enormous teams and maybe maybe like sort of they're, they're fantastic like definitely skilled playing gaelic out of the womb and all of that so mm. i mean it's completely different i think maybe they beat us on the on the pitch and we'll beat them in the pub sort of atmosphere <laughs> so not yeah, enough, i think yeah. my 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 first agg and like jen and pa have been here a lot longer than me so they they know that established rivalry but my first memory of agg in bangkok in 2018 was you know Oh, we arrived into Bangkok and, you know, going straight to the pub. And then I seen Singapore showing up and they were, you know, they're walking into the hotel as if they're walking into to Crow Park. <laughs> uh, Suits so, and ties yeah, and all that. You know, like, yeah, they're, they're different. I think, you know, from, from what I've seen, it's like, you know, Singapore, Shanghai, Hong Kong, you know, they've, they've good numbers. They've, they've good players in as well. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Johor Baru there. I think um, we used to play them a, a, a bit as well, but I think COVID might have, might put an end to, to them at the moment, but um, so they were a small club in Johor, but they were great, and we used to used to play them every couple of times every year as well. But um, I think unfortunately some of these small clubs now, especially with COVID, I'm not sure we'll see them again for a while. Okay, fair enough. Um, what's the the relationship like then with the the likes of Joe Trollen and Derek and them at the county board level? Is it a is it a fairly kind of because you're so spread out? Like it's not like you know Belmullet in Dublin. It's like it's literally a, a massive fraction of the world you're trying to gather together. So what's the, the relationship like with the county board for, say, the men's size key and what's it like? For... <clears throat> um, I think, yeah, Pat, if you want to jump in there, you have a better... Oh, yeah, Pat, of better, course, uh, be the main yeah, man. Yeah, there's a long... I guess there's a long history <laughs> exactly, with yeah. the county board. Um, I was on the county board from, I think, um, 2009 to 2011. Uh, Keen is on it at the moment um, and has been for the last couple of years. Um so there's a bit of a, a history there. I mean, we organised four Asian Gaelic games. Um, and at that time, I suppose you're, you're talking to Joe. Um, leading up to the games, you could be talking to Joe five times a day. Um, and, and, Joe, and Joe's a man that makes himself feel welcome wherever he goes. Uh, and yeah. is welcome wherever he goes. So a great relationship with them. Uh, the, uh, like Joe is a, is a great man for turning up at any event. If, if you were having a housewarming party, he'd fly down from Korea. <laughs> hours for it. Um, any, anything to do with football at all, he's definitely there. Anything to do with a bit of crack, he's, he's most likely there. Yeah. Uh, he's a sad man, all right, Chet. Um I, I was chatting a couple of weeks ago and yeah, he, he strikes me as the kind of guy if, yeah, he, as my mother say, he turned up to the opening of an envelope if he thought to be a bit of crack at it. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's good to know. Yeah, no, just uh, yeah, I'm curious because the the size of it, like I've traveled around Asia a fair bit and but the size of it is just outrageous. And then we've lads here, you know, giving out about having to drive 20 minutes to train and like, you know, it's it's a different, it's a different ball game out there, I suppose. So uh, Russell, it could be a four or five hour flight. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the difference, I suppose. It's just it's uh, it's interesting to see how the county board works on such like a world scale more than anything else. Um, it's just it's it's kind of fascinating in some ways. Um, I suppose if I go off the pitch for a minute, what's a, what's a good night out like um, with the club, Jen? You're you're already smiling when I mentioned night out. What's what's a good night out like with the club then? Yeah, <laughs> we always call ourselves a, a drinking club with a football problem. Okay, I've, I've, yeah, you're not, you're not on your own there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's very social. I think, like, kind of Thursday night training has been there for the better part of 10 plus years. I think it's always been on Thursday and it's always been kind of Healy Max after that um, for 
a few and uh, regular weekend events are kind of always um, organized and, and that ranges from like just social events that have nothing to do with football to there was a tournament during the day or a youth versus legends or um, coconut youth, cup. Youth versus on... legends, is that what you said? <laughs> this is legends, yeah. Is that on the pitch or off the pitch? <laughs> It's set on both places to be fair, but probably more respected off the pitch, I'd say. Okay. It's usually uh it's it's never been won by the youth. Um, usually fixed by my husband Pat on the Legends team. I, I don't think they've ever won. Always fixed, we'll say as well. Always fixed, yeah. There's always there's always goalposts moving and all sorts of stuff going on. So um should, should I ask just while you're on it? This is a tricky question. What what uh, categorizes youth versus what categorizes the legend oh this is a gray area jason pat might be able to uh, shed some light on that but it's a very very gray area at one point youth was you know under 35 and now i think it's gone the other way so yeah because i think i, 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 I go to five aside at 34 yeah i was gonna say i'm like i go to five aside at 34 and i feel like the outlet on the team but uh what qualifies pat what's your criteria so no, so we, we, we do it fair as, as everything here. We, we start off from um, the oldest, we pick the oldest and the youngest, and we meet somewhere in the middle. Um, I mean, there are some controversial decisions where sometimes we may not consider one of, the mem- one of the players a member of the club, so he automatically goes on to the Legends team. Um, um, we have sometimes brought in players that just happen to be there for the weekend and... and um, this isn't another um, Jack McCaffrey, Paul Mannion story like Singapore had, is it? <laughs> similar, very, very similar. Pat will fly everyone in private jet for that weekend conveniently. They'll all be on their holidays. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, uh, because Jack, Jack and Paul seem to have ended up on the famous uh, Singapore uh, party bus, and there seems to be a lot of stories about that. Uh, are you flying people in, Pat, or is it just they happen to come at the right time? Uh, they happen to come at the right time, like, ah, yeah. you know... The, normally a day before the game and leave the day after but yeah Aidan O'Shea just happened to land it in Guadalupe for 24 hours did he yeah I hate, I hate when that happens when they just turn up uninvited like that yeah it's terrible uh, right so the legends is uh, anyone who you determine to be on your team and the youth are just the ones you basically don't want and you just want to make I sure pick up the scraps yeah yeah it sounds that way yeah um, was there any other parts of the night out Jen that we've that you've not hit on yet Oh, I just, I, to be honest, over the last 18 months, like any night out is like absolutely brilliant now. And that, that's been able to be very organized. We used to, I'd say like for our, our in back in kind of those days, the, the like girls trips away or the, the guys trips away or like just go visiting like single clubs for a weekend. Like there, there was um, a legends, a ladies legends tour that was initiated after the men had done it for a couple of years, but Emily um, Ward initiated a, a woman's version of that in Asia, invited everybody over the age of, at that point, I think it was 30. Um, and from KL, we hopped on like an eight hour flight on a Friday, rucked up, played a game, went out all Saturday and then flew back on Sunday morning. So it was like, Oh Jesus Christ. This one of those is we haven't done those in ages, but that was, that was the best part of this club, like visiting the other, other clubs and, and, Tokyo feels so easy and accessible, but it's still eight hour flight away, you know, but you still do it, go play a day of games and then go out in the night. So for me, I cannot wait for tours to come back. Um, but for now, kind of those evening um, post training drinks and, and organized events like the Saturday and so on, I think are, mm. are as good as it gets right now, but still fun. I love I love how an eight hour flight is just a thing you jump on like you know I've, I know. I've, I've traveled around the world but like an eight hour flight to me is like oh dear god like I'd want to want to mentally prepare myself for like a week beforehand so that's uh 
Yeah, good on you for doing it. I, I don't think I could do it, though, oh, to be honest. Um, so, so fun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tokyo was lovely, I will admit, but uh, I still wouldn't fly eight hours just for the crack on a Friday to get there. It's hard enough when I used to tip over to London the odd time for, for a day or two. Like, that's uh, that's far yeah. enough. So um, there, were, was, there were two girls that had, uh, <laughs> had left right from school and missed their flight, got redirected to Bangkok, flew from Bangkok overnight to Tokyo, landed at eight o'clock, took a train, then a taxi, and then just came straight to the pitch from in their teaching clothes, straight onto the pitch, beer in hand, ready to go. I was like, this And then is flew back the next day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're psychos. I don't know how the hell you do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's, that's not normal. I, I, no, sure I couldn't commitment. do that. There's commitment like and any, then there's any, just carnage, yeah. Any, any excuse to get away from our husbands and kids for a weekend. <laughs> fair enough, yeah, fair enough. Uh, what about yeah. then uh, the one kind of two parts, I suppose, that come up for a lot of clubs, um, a little bit varied in Asia, but uh, for a training ground, how are you guys fixed, uh, Pat? What have, you, what have you got for yourselves? I mean, uh, up until up until COVID, we had the use of uh, the schools, um, so we were renting we were renting pitches at the schools, and then because a lot of our kids go to one of the schools, and there was a lot of players, as John mentioned, a lot of the teachers there, um, we were getting one of the schools, um, we were getting two pitches on in one of the schools every every Thursday and every Saturday, um, so that was brilliant, and and wasn't super exp- it wasn't awful expensive, so it was. Um, it was great to great to have. Um, right now we're using a university pitch, um, and then for the kids we have a, a, another sort of school pitch, I suppose. Um, but we're not having huge issues. We might have to move around a little, but um, we're we're able to get pitches relatively easy at the moment, and hopefully okay. the schools will open back up to us again in another um, in another couple of months. Oh, good, yes. Okay, you're not you're not too bad. So, and then Key and the other big one is a. Uh... Is the fundraising side most clubs around the world aren't able to do the uh send the child up to the bar and sell three for a fiver to the outlets at the bar but uh what do you do for the fundraising side uh, well we've been lucky kind of the past few years i suppose we've had some really good sponsors um now the likes of Heady max would have been our main sponsor um and would have been you know really good to us then as well but i think the main side for for us is obviously like our, our membership where a lot of our income from obviously you know asian county board grants are mm. great and sponsorship is great but um, you know, we've been, we've been, even this year, we've done pretty well in terms of, you know, membership and, you know, we offer a, a good incentive, like, especially for our kids set up, you know, some of the parents will say it's the best deal in town. Um, and, you know, with our, with our membership, you know, we're incentivizing people as well. So like any of the, the men's or the ladies, if you pay your membership, you get a train on top, um, or a polo. Um, and then there's always, you know, a couple of nights out and we'll always throw a few beers, you know, um, behind the bar. And plus, you know, training pitches can be expensive out here as well. So yeah. I think in terms of membership, we offer a good deal. You know, that word spreads, especially out here in the expat community when everyone's playing soccer and, and rugby in the same clubs. And they kind of hear, oh, you know, you can join this sport and this is what you get mm. for this amount. And this is, and we do a lot, you know, in terms of training every week, but then matches the weekend and, and nights out. Like if you look mm. at our calendar for the rest of the year, it's, it's, it's pretty packed. So um, I think like membership is where a lot of our, our, our money will come in for sure. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, I suppose I should ask, since I haven't found a club in a while, maybe you had like a, a good kid set up um, with the locals. How do the kids find picking up the skills? Um, are you training them to actually pick the ball up with the toe, or are you just doing the Dublin way of <coughs> take it off the ground and pretend we picked it up anyway? Or how does it work? Um, you see, in Asia, we don't use the we don't use the toe ourselves uh, because on the seven side we we. Um, 
it's all if for unless you're in the A competition, which all right. probably only four teams in the four or five teams in the A competition: Singapore, uh, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Seoul. Mm-hmm. Are probably okay. the only eight great teams, and and uh, uh, the rest of the the sort of intermediate and junior teams do not do not use the tools. So we, we I don't. didn't know that. It's taken a lot of Asian clubs for me to learn that one. Nobody told me that before. <laughs> Yeah, the kids isn't the concern. We're still trying to teach the Mayo lads how to solo, so there's still a bit of work to be done here. Oh, yeah. I was, I was waiting for some kind of dig to come in there from somewhere, yeah. You're right. You're obviously a St. Vincent's man, then. Would that be right, Keen? Uh, now in Afina, actually. Oh, you're uh, in Afina. My, okay. Yeah, I, I, went, I went to school in Glasnevin and hadn't lived in Marina all my whole life, so I was with Afina since I was five. So when I moved to Marina, I couldn't... Couldn't change club, but I certainly got a lot of slack walking around uh, Marina Fairview in, in the the blue and, and yellow of the Fina on the right. Say, uh, <laughs> so John, Johnny Cooper is your go-to for picking the ball up off the ground, which is probably yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, own merchant possibly as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yes. Uh, and Pat, what was uh, since I'm talking about uh, at home? What was your time like playing? You play with Bell Mullet, or what was your yeah, early years like? Yes, and I played, played school and played at Belmullet, but I left um, home when I was 22, so, um, and then there was no Gaelic football out here, so when, when, I moved, when I moved out here, we weren't, we hadn't a club, I suppose, until four or seven years after I moved, so by the time we set up the club, you were nearly too old to play. You were on the Legends team by then, were you? I was on the Legends team. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get a chance on the youth side. That's probably why you're just so fond of the Legends side. I, I can see now where it's coming from. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's good, yeah. Jim, what was your sporting background like in Canada or elsewhere? Yeah. Um, obviously not Gaelic. I hadn't heard of Gaelic until I stumbled upon it in KL. Um, but, uh, yeah, I played a lot of basketball and volleyball. Uh, a lot of ultimate frisbee. Great sport. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, but a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of field sports and a lot of um, uh, court sports, but all invasions. So I felt the transfer to to Gaelic football was relatively easy. Sort of actually combined all of my favorite sports into one. So okay. yeah, it was it was uh, it was it was a pretty cool find that day. <laughs> do you do you think there should be more physicality in the ladies' game? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure what it's like outside of Asia. Like I played in Canada for the year that I had moved home and, um, sometimes we get mixed messages. So when the Irish referees come out and they ref us year, some years they've been like whistling everything and, and seemingly don't let anything go. Meanwhile, we've been playing the entire year, this style of football, and all of us are very confused by this sudden, um, the sudden uh, restrictions but I think for the most part it's, it's quite fine like the way we explain it to, to girls that come in like it's not as as not not as rough as rugby no one's going to pull you down but it's more physical than a post player in basketball so that okay. kind of gets their idea of like I think everybody likes that aspect of it um, we also have an AFL club that's in um, Malaysia right now and and that has kind of the, the full tackle and and all of those aspects to it so those that want a little bit more physicality there's another sport that's very similar that has a lot of those similar skills um with that you know additional tackle and, and a little bit more um rough play let's say but yeah okay. no I think I think it goes I think it's, I think it's quite okay most people um when we've been playing regularly on the circuit everyone kind of gets the feel for what how much you can do and and yeah, I think for the most part, everybody adapts really well. Okay, sounds pretty good. Yes. Um, yeah, it was just interesting to ask because um, over here, there's uh, there's often talk about 
how much referees let go in the ladies game and how much they don't let go sometimes so it's a uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear. Uh, I put the three of you on the spot, maybe uh, slightly here, but uh, Kian, the the highlight of your of your time on or off the pitch so far with uh, with Malaysia. Um, I've I suppose I've been unlucky enough. I kind of came out here and I was out here for six months, and then I went home for the summer. And then by the time I came back out, kind of COVID was around the corner. So mm. I've actually only gotten two AGGs and one was in KL but um, certainly I think Jen said earlier but the best memories are the, are the tours you know like just even being in Bangkok on a bus going to a pitch playing a bit of football um, you mightn't win on the day but just the camaraderie and, and the fun around it then as well um, yeah that's like the, the tours even when, even when, even traveling three hours down to Johor and um, just getting away for the night with the club playing sport but having a, a lot of fun on the way down um, okay. Yeah, certainly being my my highlight. Obviously, we'll, yeah. we're hoping that tournaments can come back next year. Yeah, what's the what are Thailand like? I had them on, and uh, I suppose very biased lads because one of them uh, I would know here from home played for Westmead, and the other is from Offaly down the road. So uh, they obviously talked great about their club. Are they uh, are they as tough as they make themselves out to be? They're they're good fun. From what my memory is uh, AGG twenty nineteen in KL, and we we played we played them in the intermediate final and, and won. But um, they yeah we had a great night out with them. Yeah, I, I remember we were dressed as uh, Dalmatians, I think, and can't, can't quite remember what they were dressed as, but it was something similar. And we had yeah, we had good fun, good fun with the lads in Thailand. Okay, so good. Was it Niall Garrity you were speaking to? Was it not Niall and Dude McCormack? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah they're. They're a good crack now as well. They are, yeah. Nihilus, Nihilus back home here, actually. He's teaching. Yeah, I just want to uh, say he's... Yeah, he's teaching. Or Temp- Temple Oak. He's teaching out in uh, Temple Oak, so he wouldn't be a million miles away from where I am in Chapel. Is it? We've kept in touch a fair bit um, since then, and uh, dude, McCormick would be fairly well known. I haven't played for Westmead for a while, and um, my brother would have crossed paths with him on the intermediate and senior stage, I think, at some point in life. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's very well known here, mostly for good football but also he was involved in a very nationally publicized jaw-breaking incident uh, against Armagh where nobody has ever come forward as the person who basically rewired his face in some ways uh, in a challenge game which is even more more annoying but uh, yeah that's that's what the two of them are fairly well known for over here so uh, what about what about you Pat what's the what's the highlights um, yeah, the I've, been, I've been involved in the club from the very beginning so there's quite a few highlights you know we 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 coached the girls, I suppose, to start with when we coached the girls and, and they won in Hong Kong, the final in Hong Kong in, in 2010. Nice. Um, and with one Irish player. Um, oh. So that was, I suppose, a, a highlight. Um, and then hosting the, the, the first few Asian Gaelic games, I suppose, was special because uh, there were huge events and nervous doing it. And when it all worked out well and, and went well, <clears throat> there were huge uh, moments as well. Um, but one one of the ones that sticks in my mind that was like a great a great crack and was we we had our ten year anniversary in uh, in Clifton in in Galway. Nice. Um, so we got a hundred a hundred people in to Clifton that weekend, um, with from 17, 17 different nationalities, um, and we had a we had a function in the old Cock and Brown, and then we bust everyone out the next day to to Roundstone watching the the Galway regret was on on the, the Sunday. Um, beautiful weather for the weekend, great crack and, and everyone, when everyone, when we, when we landed there on the Friday night, it wasn't good weather, it was lashing rain. Everyone was like, where have you taken us? Like, Jesus, we got to Galway and, and then we, we took us a long time to get uh, from Galway yeah. to here. 
So I was like, don't don't complain now. Like, let's talk on <laughs> Sunday evening. If you if you're not happy on Sunday evening, I listen to the complaints. But by Sunday evening, everyone was saying it was one of the best weekends they had in their life. Like, it was lovely. People were like super friendly to them, and 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 they just enjoyed the the sort of I suppose the the simpleness of of uh, the west of Ireland and and like good crack and everyone everyone willing to have a chat with you regard no matter where you were from. And did you bring them to an actual GA match when you were there? Or was it just to show them the social side of Ireland? No, we we rented the uh, we we were given the pitch. We didn't rent. We were given the pitch by the Clifton GA, and we we played a match against each other. So it was uh, oh, brilliant. The, the idea of the anniversary was anyone that had ever played for for the club was invited back. So it was a reunion of people, a proper reunion of people, and then we split the teams up and and did a few games that uh, on the Saturday afternoon. Brilliant. That's absolutely class. Yeah. Um... That's that's quite a memory to have, I suppose. They'll they'll treasure that forever, despite the shitty weather. Um, sure. <laughs> standard standard West of Ireland weather, though, of course. Um, and Jen, what's been your main highlights on or off the pitch? Uh, I think Pat just might have stolen uh, one of one that I, one of the ones that I would have said. But um, yeah, the, that anniversary um, was pretty phenomenal. We had organized. Um, that was the anniversary of the club. And then the, the girls team was um, formed the year after. So we had done a five-year anniversary down in Australia with a couple of girls in a camper van. And then, so we said we'd do a 10-year <laughs> one. And we ended up getting 20 girls flying in from 10 countries to Croatia um, for a week. And it was like absolutely brilliant. And I, and I think it that, that and, and the 10-year anniversary that we had with the entire club just goes to show how tied everybody still is to this club. So people that we had 13 years ago, they're still invested and interested and, and, and ask and follow the, the Facebook page. And we're on, um, you know, when we're at AGG and we're playing and things like this. So it's, it's such a community. It's so fantastic in that sense. So that's kind of off the pitch. Uh, on the pitch, similar- Did you, while you were on it, did you take on any of the the Croatian GA team that's out there no or was it just the social thing we um when we no we didn't take I don't know if they even have do they have a team in Croatia they have, I don't know yeah, we there is yeah we, we had gone when we went to Australia we had made a big deal about organizing um some games with uh, one of the clubs in Melbourne and we had brought kits and pins and we were like so excited to have this thing and we brought like six or seven girls like we didn't have many and they brought like three or four so we had to like donate players to them and it wasn't very well received so basically left that experience saying like we're not next anniversary we're not playing against anybody we'll just do our own thing so that was that was sort of funny but yeah no we've had some some great experiences and and We've had a lot of wins and a lot of losses. And I think really at the end of it, the community is the, the best part of this club. And it's the reason why people feel so invested and so interested in it and, and, and still follow and want to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's so unique. It's, I've never had a, a club or a team that I've been a part of that's like this. So okay. it's, it's pretty special. Are you There's on one important point yeah, there? Go on, go on What's in. that? Pat, Pat talks about being very proud of uh, coaching the ladies team, but Pat had some extra incentive when he was – when he was coaching the ladies, you might want to ask him about that. <laughs> you want to tell us, Pat, what the extra incentive was? Uh, I, after I'd finished there, I probably should have—I should, probably should have mentioned that I met my wife while I was coach <laughs> and married her so, uh, in 2012. So I was saying when you were asking for the highlights, I was like, when I finished, I was like, oh, I picked a final, I picked a, 
And we can eclipse it. I probably should have mentioned that as well. Okay. Does your... I, I didn't mention it because you didn't well, mention so. it. So. Yeah. I didn't uh, want to embarrass you in front of the lads, Pat. So I just left that one out. Okay. Surprised either of you didn't say it now, you know? Yeah, neither of you said it, yes. Uh, wasn't, wasn't as good a weekend as you made it out to be, sadly. But anyway, uh, never mind. Uh, Key, and I was going to put you on the spot slightly again, but the toughest team you've... I know you've had two AGGs. The toughest team you've come up against yourself um i think it would be would be singapore again um just their their pace but honestly for myself absolute bastards in singapore everybody hates i know (laughs) i know they're quick they're physical and they're and they're good but i think i think for myself like outside of agz like the the toughest games i've had is is against the australians to be honest um now we play the the malaysian warriors out here a lot and you know they're all about the physicality they have some big lads and you know, they know, they understand Gaelic players. It's like when you watch the international series at home, we want to be quick and fast yeah. and move the ball in fast, but they just want to hit you and, and hit you hard. So um, I've had some tough games uh, against them where I've been bruised and battered coming out. But in terms of like skill level, yeah, you know, you're looking at you know, any time you've come up against your Singapore's, uh, Shanghai's, they've been, they've been pretty good. Like, Okay. What about back at home with Nafina? Who were the, who were the toughest? Um, when I was playing, so I suppose when I was minor, um, moving into into junior, then at that point there was always Plunkets where I had a really decent side um, before minor in my division. Of course, Vincent's were were always up there as well. Um, and for myself, I think we we came across St. Jude's in in many cup finals. I don't know what way that worked out, but they always gave us a a good battle then as well. So, uh, but yeah, as from playing as a kid, it was always Plunkets that stood out in my memory because I think they always managed to beat us. <laughs> yeah, no, I've fair experience with them, not playing with them rather than just I lived in Ashton for a while when I moved to Dublin first. So they were kind of my first local club that I used to go and watch and then uh, moved to Porterstown. So then it became Castle Lock. And then uh, yeah. I, I've, had, I've had plenty of choices of clubs up in Dublin to go and follow, which is yeah, lovely, so. there's, there's enough there as well. But like, I think with Plunkets, they have a really good kid set up. Um, yeah, I think have, yeah. when, it comes, when it comes towards... <laughs> You know, adults in the older age, I think they kind of they might struggle a little bit more compared to other clubs. But yeah, um, some yeah. some serious battles with them when they're kind of 16, 17s moving up. Mm. Yeah, they're struggling a little bit nowadays. They're recruiting lads from Mullingar now these days. So I have a, I have a, I have a friend <laughs> I playing. Think, you know, you're desperate, yeah. Is it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let them know that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Pat, who's been the the toughest opponents in your? You've had more experience, I suppose. Who's been the toughest ones? Yeah, as the, the youth side. No, would the youth side be the toughest opponents? <laughs> uh, no, no, they're they're easy for sure. Result, um, result is always uh, the same. <laughs> actually, one of our one of our uh, one of our toughest games of the year. We used to have the the Parish Cup, um, right. and so we split the we split KL into four different parishes, and and uh, like everyone played for pride with their parish, and and uh, <laughs> that was probably one of the hardest games we, we were ever going to play. There was there was a year year long slagging involved, and in, in whoever whoever. Uh, didn't didn't get it. Uh, there was borders being moved at times to to suit. There was a lot of lines being moved there, Pat. Now, if I remember rightly, the last few ones. Yeah. Because you're going full gerrymandering politics here, moving lines, right? <laughs> the post the, the postcodes in KL start to move a slight bit now. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, what about outside the parish cup? Have you had any other massive ones that you can think of? We had we had one. Uh, it was a good one uh, against. Um, Nigeria sent up a team for the last Asian Gaelic Games, and yeah, yeah, well, they didn't. They had one Irish fella. They went down and taught them, so they had the basic rules. Uh, but geez, these boys were fit and they could run like 
they could run forever. Yeah. Um, and if you got in their way, you weren't going to be you weren't going to be uh, standing for very long. Uh, and that was one of the most the toughest, like physically and everything. Like we were trying to chase them down the field, we couldn't catch them. If we did catch them, we didn't know what to do with them. Um, <laughs> they were they were strong, they were tough, and and they bet us by about I'd say ten goals in fourteen minutes, which is hard to believe it's possible. <laughs> I've never heard of a Nigerian GA team because uh, I know in Africa I've had the Sadafan Gales on, all right. Um, but I, I'd never heard of a Nigeria team. Uh, it was I know only, one in Cairo. It was only well, set but... up. The guy was working down there, I think, and it was <clears> only set up for to bring these boys to the game. So I know I don't know if they ever. I don't even know if they, they have a hundred percent win record. Played one, one, one. What <laughs> about ten goals? And we've retired the club. <laughs> that's the perfect way to go. Jeez, uh, okay, Nigeria. I, that's the last team in the world I'd probably expect you to name when I asked that question. So. Uh, I'll definitely put it down as a as an answer. What about with Bell Mullet? Were you coming yeah, up against the big men? When I was at home, I, I played with the well, Bell Mullet soccer team. Um, right. And I suppose the toughest ones we ever played was we played the Sligo Rovers youth team. That's my team. Um, I'm a Sligo Rovers fan. That's my team. But uh, yeah, that, that was probably one of the toughest games we ever had. And, and I mean, even even we were arriving. Um, Talking out of the back of our parents' cars, and they arrived with a fancy bus and uh, with proper kits and everything. We 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 barely had the jersey and the shorts to to, to get out there. <laughs> Not so um, bad yet. It's like a rover. But it was it was good. Yeah, it was good. We've actually beat them by goals. So. All right, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I let that part out. No one ever beats Sligo Rovers. I just edit that part out. So, <laughs> yeah, we did, didn't need to hear that part. And uh, Jen, what about you then? Who on the ladies' side have been the toughest you've come up against? Oh, it's just don't, boring. Don't say now, Singapore. Talking about it over and over again. <laughs> I'll talk about another team other than Singapore. Uh, back in those years that we won, we won three in a row. They're kind of 2010, 11, 12. And um, we had a really good rivalry with um, Vietnam. And oh. they were based out of Hanoi and they were really like this. Is this, this is this Nafina or is this Saigon? Because uh, I've had the two on and they'll murder each other if I don't clarify who's who. <laughs> I, I, had, I don't even know if you remember. Were they were in red or green. I don't even think there was. I think it was just literally Vietnam, but they were based out of Hanoi. Okay. Is that right, Pat? Do you remember? Yeah. So the initial, the initial, the starting team, yeah, there was uh, Hanoi was the starting team and, and whatever players they had in, in uh, Saigon or would fight. Oh, the Hanoi team, sorry. Uh, okay. Enjoy yeah. them. And then they got enough players in Saigon to, to start the second yep. team. So Yeah. But this is like the girl that was heading it up was a French girl. And she used to tell us stories about like grass pitches or, or dirt pitches and couldn't couldn't mm. find anywhere to play. And she'd go out on her motorbike with like these posts as goals and these sorts of things. And like, she just had great stories, but we, she, she had a ragtag group of people as well that she was teaching and she's French and she's just, you know, figuring it out, but we'd always meet them in the finals. And it was like, it was an awesome rivalry. Like as soon as the game finished, it was like beers at the side of the pitch, everybody mixed up together, like a really, really good atmosphere. So um, they were on, unfortunately we felt great because we were always on the winning side, but they were such gracious losers and they, they were so good at just kind of connecting with us. And I think we always have, we, especially the women would always have an affinity for any club that's sort of a little bit like us, like not entirely made up of natural Gaelic players, yeah. uh, you know, people that had played it for ages were sort of, um, 
like to find those clubs and connect with those clubs that are made up of the basketballers and netballers and soccer players and the random person that's you never never played a sport before yeah. and that sort of thing so um yeah I, i'd say those are the ones that we sort of make greater connections with so okay sounds good yes um yeah. just since you mentioned it's Singapore, pretty much yeah just Singapore. <laughs> yes uh, just since you mentioned i suppose not the not the natural footballers um your part of the world is quite common for the irish the all-stars and the big names of the ga world to head out have you recruited any into KL for a summer or at any stage in life that you can think of or remember? No, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> no, uh, we yeah. haven't. Uh, <laughs> right, straight yeah. out. <laughs> we had a we had a, a guy called Connor Clark who who had played for. Uh, I was on the squad for the down team. I was going to uh, say, yeah, he was probably one of our best uh, best ever players. He's in he's in Sweden now, still winning medals, um, but. Uh, he was a he was a fantastic player. We've had some we've had some really good players come through, but we've had no uh, no all stars or anything like that. No. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you just have a, a Bell Mullet man and a, and a Mayo man uh, at, the, at the helm for the lads. So that's our uh, Dublin man, I should say, Bell Mullet man, the Dublin man. So uh, the last question I'm asking that is a few kind of quick fire ones, I suppose. But uh, what's the future path like for KL now that COVID is uh, starting to disappear? Hopefully. Um, yeah, it's yeah, looking... so... oh, sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead, no, go on, Pat, go on, Pat. I was trying to cut me off here, already. Go on. <laughs> um, it's looking, I think, like, it's looking fairly good for the for the future. We've got, a, a, like, a, a decent uh, new uh, bunch of lads, new uh, load of new girls in, and, and the kids' side is taken off as well. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to start travelling again by February or March uh, into the region, let's say. So it looks like Thailand are opening up, Singapore seems to be opening up. Uh, Vietnam, I think their vaccination is going well, so hopefully they'll open up again by that time. Um, and we're hoping to get possibly some sort of small South Asian games, I think, so maybe us, Singapore, Thailand, possibly Vietnam in here. Um, and then we're already starting to, to talk about the Asian Gaelic games, right, depending on where that's going to be. I mean, we missed our our year to host it in 2020 uh, and 2021. So we were, um, I mean, we, we would still happily host it, but at the same time, we're not, we're not uh, searching for it. Uh, if, it yeah. if it comes to us, we'll <laughs> take it. But uh, we'll also, we're also qu uh, quite happy to travel and, and uh, enjoy, enjoy it in some other country that, that wants to host it. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Shaquem, what were you about to say there? No, no, Pat said. I thought you said Keane first, so don't mind me. Oh, don't mind me. That's just, just, just a <laughs> Dublin versus Mayo on on the call and on the pitch. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, for for the ladies side, Jen, what's the hope for the future then? Uh, I think just just continuing on the track that we are. Honestly, I think that the numbers that we're getting out and the enthusiasm is really high, both kind of on the pitch and off the pitch. So it's sort of like I like I've said, you know, being here for years, you see how it kind of goes in and out of of dragging people out versus you have so many people, you have too many teams and not enough playing and, and too much sitting off and that sort of thing. So that's a good problem to have. So we're we're yep. happy where we're at and, and I think we'll just keep on continuing with that. And the word is out and um, yeah, we're getting great numbers. And I think as soon as uh, we're able to travel, I think there'll be big numbers for tours. So. Okay, sounds good. Um, Keena, just uh, while I think of it actually, um, and since County Board, uh, people on the call, the, the chat of the, world games coming back in 2023 is it something you guys would like to be at yeah 100 i think you know what what we've said as a county board is that you know as soon as we're you know safely allowed to host tournaments and to travel we'll we'll be doing it you know we've 
World Games is, is definitely, you know, up there. Uh, might be a little bit harder, but as, as Pat said there for ourselves here in, in Asia, even if it's not full scale Asian Gaelic games, um, you know, South Asia will probably do something and then North Asia will probably do something as well. If you look at North Asia, I mean, China has a lot of clubs up there as well. Yeah. Um, they could have their own tournament. And then even for ourselves down here, I think, you know, Vietnam have three odd, three clubs as well. Um, so I think that's realistically, you know, for next year, that's what we can hope for, small regional games. But yeah, and no, I'm certainly if, something changes drastically and we can do AGGs and, and world games. And yeah, I definitely think we're all, we've all been sitting at home, not doing a lot yep. as a county board for the last, whatever, two years now. So yeah, we'll certainly press, press go on whatever we can. Sounds good. Yeah. If you can put in a word to the, the GA for uh, some live podcasting at the world games, that would be fantastic. I know. I was, I, would be interested I was waiting in. for the sales pitch. I was waiting for the <laughs> yeah. sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, might, I might as well put it in. I might as well put it in now. So um, I might have to bring a, what would you, I might have to bring a, a one-year-old child potentially at that stage, but uh, I'll bring <laughs> him or her along with me. So uh, you're, then, you're, uh, you're, you're always you're always welcome to Southeast Asia anyway. Give us a give us a shout. <laughs> yeah, although the Singapore lads seem to have suggested that Mihola Murherty has taken the gig out there because Cormac is on the Singapore team, his son. So uh, I I think I've been ousted of the commentary and duties out there already. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I might have to try and uh, try on some toes and get out there again. But uh, and then uh, there's a quick fire questions that these are the ones that people really want to know. This is what the listeners uh, go mad for apparently. Uh, on the men's side, Pat or Kean. Uh, the toughest nut at the club, the one who's likely to cause a row, get sent off, or just a legend in the pub, one or the other. <laughs> I'll let you answer that one for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at your nut. brother here now, Pat. <laughs> yeah, so the toughest nut on the pitch probably last year, I suppose, would have been Mark Green. Uh, he, was, yeah, yeah. he was probably about five and a half foot, but made himself about six and a half foot when he got on the pitch. <laughs> And normally, okay. normally it's somebody else coming off it. Um, <laughs> and what did your brother do that has caused his name to be thrown in the mix? Uh, yeah, there, there's been a few stories with him. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, they, they decided to start playing Gaelic football at one o'clock in the morning up and down the pub street. Um, and put the ball okay. in over the balcony, uh, knocked out the entire table a drink. <laughs> he was okay. going up the stairs to apologize and he was met by about five men coming down looking for looking for him. So as we Fair can't enough. forget our we, we can't forget our, our coach from, from Limerick, he was usually the first one to cause a row against the Australians as well. So we'll throw him into that category. You'll be happy to hear yeah. it, I'm sure. You're fairly you've got a list of names going on. Some clubs are thinking, I ah, know we're all very polite. You just do like here's my list of names. Here they are. Let's let's get them all out there. Yeah. Is there any other <laughs> any on the ladies' side, uh, Jen? Oh God, I was just I was just trying to think about this. Uh God. Um on the pitch. Uh Probably you, Jen. I know, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was trying to like think, okay, yeah, maybe probably me. <laughs> I was wondering when uh, I asked a question why you were sweating so much. I was like, ah, yeah, this is why. Like, oh God, who do I select here? Um Alison Mancini, <laughs> she's pretty tough on the pitch. You wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want to come up against her, I'd say. Okay. Um off off the pitch, we've had some pretty good, some pretty solid uh boat racing teams actually over the years. Right. A couple couple of girls have been, been around for a while, but I actually am going to put some money on some of the new girls. They're pretty young. They're pretty um, eager, I think, to please. So I think they'll, they might come in pretty, pretty well. This Saturday, we'll probably uh, tell a lot when we have one of our socials. So okay. I'll suss it out and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Brilliant. Sounds good. Uh, is there a club karaoke song of choice, Kian? 
uh, yeah, Molly Malone, Dublin, Dublin, the rare old times. They're usually the first ones that, that get played in Healy Max. It's not right, uh, the Mayo lads have no problem singing that, have they? No, no, we're okay. We let them have their day. <laughs> I am fairly certain that every every person in the club, regardless of where you're from, that Aussie, that Trinidadian, know the words to Green and Red and Mayo. I, I think it's like a it's like a membership requirement before you're a part of the team. Pat makes them recite it. So <laughs> okay, so it's like learn it, learn the pledge, you learn the note, to learn the Green yeah. and Red and Mayo. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, you asked yeah, me earlier about at loan men, um, or at uh, Westmead men. So yeah, I um. I, 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 did, I didn't say anything because I wanted them to spend the next 52 minutes seething, saying that's what I never mentioned. Yeah. Uh, we, had, uh, we had two absolute legends, <clears throat> one from Athlone, one from Ballymore. Oh, gosh. Um, both, um, both, great, both great crack, um, but the Ballymore man uh, talked Ballymore up uh, every, every Christmas. We had a, at our Christmas party, he'd get up and do it. 15-minute presentation on Ballymore from a tourism site. Um, and then... Which the, was Cunning, um, Cunningham's pub, and that's it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But then yeah. he, got, he found this poor Aussie fellow called Mac Fry's, and um, Mac Fry sent a message on the group saying, lads, I'm heading to Ireland. Is there any place you'd recommend? So Enda, which, was, <laughs> which, was, which is his real name, but nobody calls him it, uh, he decided to call Mac on the side and recommend Ballymore. And Mac drives all the way oh from Ballymore and then takes a, <laughs> takes, a, takes a selfie beside the Ballymore sign. He was like, not quite what I was expecting after speaking to Enda. <laughs> that is brilliant. What's, what's, Enda's, what's Enda's name? His full name? Enda Kina. Kina, all right. Yeah. No, I have family in, uh, in Ballymore, funnily enough. My mother is actually from, uh, my mother's side are from Streamstown and Horsley, which is like... Uh, you throw a stone and land one and the other kind of so I'm fairly familiar with Ballymore all right uh, that's good yeah. no so is everybody in KL funny enough they, they, they... <laughs> <laughs> now, when I drive through it uh, at the weekend I'll send you some photos so you can get a, a full picture of how beautiful Ballymore actually is uh, Cunningham's pub a petrol station a graveyard and a bend that quite a lot of cars nearly crash on that's about the height of Ballymore really so uh, yeah okay that's a uh, that's a good one that's that's gas I can't believe that one um, the next one then well uh Keen, are you in the Marty Morrissey, Marty Party, or the Des Cahill fan club? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I'd probably have to go Des Cahill, to be honest with you. Yeah, good, because um, I was going to stop asking this question because Des was getting obliterated, so I was going to stop asking it. No, nah, yeah, I know. Everyone goes with Marty Morrissey. Oh, that's something, like, you know, yeah. I'll go with Des Cahill and I'll put a full stop on it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Patty, you Marty or Des? I'm a Marty man. Marty man, okay. And uh, Jen, do you know who Marty or Des are? I'm not sure you're speaking English. I don't even know what you guys okay. are talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Pat and Kean obviously haven't done their homework properly if you don't know who Marty Marty or Des Cahill is. So uh, that's that's part of your homework, lads, is to fill Jen in on who uh, on who the two lads are. So afterwards, um, you learn. I, I usually just take whoever digs up the, the. What is it? You will. I usually, I usually just pick my favourite commentators based on who is not Dublin or based on the Dublin bias. So if you ask, had I said Joe Brawley, I would have, would have gone with him. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, take that. Um, outside Crow Park then, Pat, you're outside Crow Park on All-Ireland final day and you have your fibre. Are you going with a hat, a flag, a scarf or a headband? Uh, probably a pint. A pint. <laughs> <laughs> Option five. <laughs> <A> pint. <laughs> 
Okay, you still have money for pints. So which one do you pick? Scarf. scarf. Okay. Uh, Keen, what about you? Uh, probably the headband. Yeah, I think my first Dubs game. I think my auntie used to always get me the headband, and I used to wrap it around my sister. So yeah, probably okay. that. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, Jen, have you a preference for any of the four? Oh, I, I'm. Yeah, I'll go with headband. It sounds cute. I'll take one headband. of those. <laughs> nice. Okay. Good. Yep. We'll go with that. Uh, Keen or Pat, have you introduced Father Ted to the world in Kuala Lumpur? I have, yeah. My my girlfriend area, she's she's Malaysian, so she's seen <laughs> Father Ted. Um, I even had her watching uh, Love Hate the other day to give her a real insight Jesus. as to what Dublin is like. So she's uh, she hasn't been to Dublin just yet. So, but yeah, yeah it's kind of kind Ted. of an unfair representation considering a lot of that is filmed in Castleknock. It's not exactly the part of Dublin you'd expect a lot of that to happen. To be honest. Uh, I'll have to, have to balance it out, you know, Farley Ted and, and Love Hay. It's two different spectrums, so. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah. Uh, uh, so Father Ted has been introduced. Is there a favourite episode among you guys, yourselves, or? Uh, Christmas around the corner. It's probably the Christmasy yeah. special is in the back of my mind that I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watch, yeah. Yeah. Or the one with okay. Father Stone, whatever that's called. Yeah. People get Father, a good laugh out of that every yeah, time. Father yeah. Stone is a bit of a legend, yeah. Uh, this is the newest question that I've asked. Uh, I picked this up randomly from a TikTok video and changed it to suit the GA. And it's the most bizarre question I could think of because I wanted something a bit mental. Um, Keen, I'm going to go to you first uh, and then I go to Pat and then Jen might might have an answer for it or might not, but we'll see. Keen, you have to get a tattoo of any GA player. Who are you getting and where are you getting it? <clears throat> it's either uh, uh, Stephen Cluxon on my forehead or... <laughs> Or Aid No Shea on my ass, one or the other. <laughs> Pat is absolutely daggering you from the other corner. Pat, Pat who are you getting? So, <laughs> oh, that's um, geez, I don't know. Um, you just get the entire youth team just tattooed across your chest, yeah, exactly. Yeah, go oh, that one. So, yeah, Aid No Shea in your arse. That's a that's an interesting one. Why, why Aid No Shea and why in your arse? It'd be, no, it'd be one of those. It would be, be one of those really, really shit tattoos <laughs> that looks nothing like him, and is because a terrible representation of him. And yeah, but yeah, okay, fair enough. Aiden O'Shea <laughs> arse. Okay, that's uh, that's up there. Yeah, uh, at the of the three answers, the best, the most fun one I've had so far. Um, when the girl said that uh, she went uh, on a trip to Thailand and her friend got her name tattooed on her arse. So she said she has to go back now and get her friend's name tattooed on her arse. So, uh, that's the best one I've had so far. Uh, and Jen, Jen, have you got a favorite GA player that you would get tattooed? Uh, Kian took mine. I would say Aiden O'Shea, but I keep close to my heart. Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Aiden O'Shea on the heart. Good enough. Okay, She's been brainwashed for far too long. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can see fresh. the, uh, the Mayo Scientology coming in here in the, uh, in the KL <laughs> part of the club. So yeah. Uh, and then put you on the spot a little bit past the greatest GA player ever in your lifetime. Uh, I guess like growing up, I suppose Willie Joe Padden would have been my hero. Yeah. Um, back in back in that day, so like I still probably think of him as yep. as uh, one of the greatest players uh, in my memories. Legend, yeah. Uh, Shkian, who's the greatest in your lifetime? It's easy enough for for me, but I think Brian Fenton, like in the modern day Dublin team, I think I, I can't look outside. I'd like to be able to go back and say, you know, Jim Gavin in the nineties or Jason Sherlock, but now nah, Brian Brian Fenton, he's 
as everyone says, the Royal Royce of GA. So yep. I've had been lucky to see him up close playing with Rahini and mm. um I've had lads playing against him and obviously seen him in Crow Park. He's he's in a literally in a league of his own. Okay. And Jen, have you a favorite? Is it Aidan O'Shea the favorite GA player? Uh I, I'm hoping getting this right. Pat, is it Coruscantin? Coruscantin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the absolute brainwashing of the century. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, we don't get to watch very much uh, ladies football, unfortunately. So she's the, she's the one I know who's a complete stud. So I'll take her. Okay. When we bring the girls out to Australia next time, maybe you could organize to play against uh, her since she's out there these days. So you might yeah, you might have more than three girls turn up the next time if you went out there. Yeah, possibly. exactly. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the last few are Malaysian themed ones. Uh, it's just these are totally stupid ones, but uh, they're great crack. Uh, Keen, you have a choice between the Malaysian curry or the Irish stew. Uh, am I in Irish weather or Malaysian weather? That's the question. Uh, wherever you want to be. Um, no, it have to be. It have to be. Have to be the Irish stew. Um, Irish stew. I, yeah, I've worked for Guinness since I was eighteen, and, and Guinness beef stew was one of our staples. Yeah. Plus, I can't. Plus, I can't take spicy food at all, so okay. I, I shy away from local food a lot of the time. Fair enough, sounds good. Uh, Jen, you can go for the Batu Caves in Malaysia or the Niagara Falls. Oh, God, that's not even a competition. <laughs> Definitely Niagara <laughs> Falls. <laughs> really? Okay. If you ever come out, we'll bring you. <laughs> okay. I, I don't exactly. think I went to the caves. Yeah, are they that bad, are they? <laughs> um, it brings, yeah, the, the bat has a long, has a strong part of that name there's bat shit everywhere and it's yeah it, these aren't the ones with the, the I, I i was in a set of cave but i don't know if it was in borneo or where it was but it's the one that's like 200 foot high the bats live in the roof the cockroaches take over the ground is that it is yeah. that the one oh there there's were... moving caves in, in borneo but yeah batu caves would be much different you climb 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 and then it's yeah it's quite and i'm not i'm not interested yeah no i'm sorry i asked the question <laughs> yeah i'm not interested anymore yeah uh <laughs> I can't ask this question to Kian because it's totally biased now that I know his uh, profession. So, Pat, you can choose between the Petronas Towers or the Guinness Storehouse. Uh, the Guinness Storehouse, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm Pat. If, I, if I pick the Spire instead, would you just go for the Petronas Towers just because it's in Dublin, the Spire? Yes. I mean, yeah. the Guinness Towers was the practice. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, when I asked you about the hats, flags, scarves and headbands, you went for a pint. So, like, right, maybe I should change that one up. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, oh, this one I can change now that you've given me a fantastic story. Pat, you could choose between Borneo or Ballymore. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I haven't been to Ballymore, we talked about it. Uh, I've been to Borneo, so I guess I'd have to go and, and uh, have a pint in uh, is it Cunningham's, Cunningham's, yeah, Cunningham's, yeah, in Ballymore. Okay, good. Um, okay, and this will be an interesting one for you, uh, Royal Stout or Orchard Thieves. I am contractually obliged to say Orchard Thieves. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, just to be interested. Yeah, I am so obliged. Be, um, if any of my employers heard me saying uh, Royal Stout or, or anything to do with a Carlsberg-related product, I'd, okay. I'd probably have some answering. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Jen, you can choose between Connor's Original Stout, which I believe is Malaysian, or Point of Guinness. How about a bottle of wine? A bottle of wine. Option three, yeah. <laughs> I like a Balmers and uh, a Magners. I like those. That's handy if someone in the club who can provide them, then, isn't it? It's really handy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it good for free Guinness or anything like that? Yeah, I think so, eh? Can... Sorry, what's the question? 
is is Keen any use for providing free alcohol to the club? A little bit, a little bit here and there, eh, Keen. In there, yeah. It's all under the table. He's <laughs> keeping his lips. Yeah, we we, we 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 managed to get a bit out of him for the, the last AGG, and uh, the the lads got a few points out of. Uh, out of company, but yeah, Jen, Jen prefers the wine, so there's nothing I can do in that category. Okay, unfortunately. fair enough. We've started inventing a Guinness wine, which I'm sure will take off very well. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Jen, maybe I'll ask this one to you. Um, the Clark's shoe shop apparently uh, was invented in Malaysia, which you didn't know. So you can choose to Clark's shoe shop or Jimmy Choo, oh, Jimmy who is Malaysian. Choo. Jimmy really? Choo, all the way, 100%. Okay. He's legendary. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Clark's shoe shop, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Okay, like, I, like, I think like most cheaper. women would probably go with Jimmy Choo over the old Clarks, but I, I think there's probably some nice men's shoes maybe there. <laughs> okay, yeah, Clark Shoe Shop do like shoes for a tenner, so I'm more than happy to go with them as opposed Perfect. to paying Jimmy Choo prices. So uh, last thing, Kian, uh, since you have the top on, uh, and I know this won't be going out to like January, February, March, whenever, but at the moment I'm doing promos and stuff for the clubs for their gear for Christmas. So where should people go to find the... Orang era or orange era if they misspell it where should they go find the gear <clears throat> at the moment they can probably look at myself and pat storium <laughs> um yeah we can we, we have a lot of gear here but now we're actually um yeah it, it's all available on the o'neill's website um Lovely. we we get a lot of our stuff from from o'neill's and then i train at tops and polos we produce um and locally but yeah if anyone wants any gear o'neill's or better if they just contact the club directly and we have a, a small warehouse full of stuff here Lovely, yeah. Uh, should be up in the next year. One should come up in the next couple of days when I'm throwing over a ten a day, hopefully before Christmas. So year one should be up <laughs> in the next the next few days, hopefully. So, um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for giving up your time and fulfilling the world on uh, orange era or orange era for the the dictionary on the phone, which will probably misspell it anyway. So, um, I am not sure exactly when this is going out just yet, but it will be. In the new year at some stage, I'm just doing all the recordings because uh, baby number one is due in March. So there's no point attempting to organize recordings around them because it's just not going to happen. I'll, I'll be changing a nappy in the middle of a recording, which wouldn't be much fun. So, um, but thanks for giving up your time um, out there, giving up your evening and uh, I will keep in touch. And if you have any photos and stuff with the club for the YouTube audio I put together, feel free to send them on and uh, keep in touch. And I hope all goes well uh, for you over the next few months and into the new year. Cheers, Jason, and thanks. best of luck with you, baby. Thanks very much. Ahead for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, and uh, smelly, apparently, I've been told as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I'll chat to you guys again soon. All right, thanks. Best of luck. Take it easy. Cheers, Slon. Good See luck. Bye bye. Coming up the next day on the Loaf of Bread GA Global, we cut into our next slice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll never, ever forget my first tournament in Dubai. I honestly thought I was gone. Like, I remember going into the dressing room at, after one of the first games. I think it had been maybe at 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, usually a normal enough temperature. It was September, maybe the middle of September. And going in and lying on the floor and just wondering, how, like, the room was spinning. Now, I haven't had that experience since. But I honestly was wondering, how are we going to get used to this? Like, But in fairness... On Slice 52 on Thursday next, I chat to James from Monaghan, Aoife from Offaly, and Levi from Dublin to find out the crack in Sharjah Gales in the Middle East. We chat about the mad crowd celebrations in Bahrain, the rivalry with Abu Dhabi and Afina, the Sharjah Wanderers Rugby Club, Levi dropping the hurl and kicking the Schlitter, the club's 10th anniversary in 2022, standing for a round of Ian before finals, the Sharjah Gales club song, 
local Mullingar ladies Neve and Kira at the club, and the new quickfire question about GA tattoos and the incredible answer from Levi, and a little about James's club selection in Monaghan, Eva's home of Cap and Kerr in Offaly, and Levi's club St Sylvester's. Don't miss it, it's fantastic. Next Thursday morning from 9am as I continue the journey with two slices a week. I'll see you at the arrivals hall but until then check out the various clubs on the Instagram page and see all the amazing work they do and some of the nicest GA gear going. Find the podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter and on TikTok. Email loafofbreadpod at gmail.com or just simply hit the follow button and spread the word of the Loaf of Bread GA pod across the globe. Slonagy.